the Roosters with Temera straight off the scrum. Sam Bremner, unselfish, and Fressard grabs a double. Well, she could have scored herself. She passed it to her winger. And now the Roosters have the try to put this result beyond doubt. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Uh, welcome back to the show. A number of our listeners have let me know. Jack Little, of course it was Jack Little. I remember him alongside Mike Cleary in World Championship Wrestling Days. And Sam Minicker. I can't remember Sam Minicker, but certainly remember Jack Little. I wonder if our next guest, he might remember. Phil Buzz Rothfield on the line. Buzz, good morning. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Remember those great days of World Championship Wrestling and Mike Cleary was the co-host. I remember him yeah. doing it alongside Jack Little, Buzz. Yeah, who was your favourite uh, fighter? I was a days? Mario Milano fan back then. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I liked the Mark Lewin sweeper hold. Yeah, Mark Lewin was a star. and Remember Haystack remember Kowloon? Remember Haystack yeah, I remember Cow- in the office in Holt Street in the old days, I used to want to wander up behind Bulldog and put him in a sweeper <laughs> hold just so he <laughs> I used to go to sleep just reading your copy. Oh, you can't oh, you? say that. That was unnecessary. What about yesterday, guys? The footy, my goodness. What, what about last night, Buzz? Seriously, you've seen a lot of footy, 72-6. Um, I think a lot of our listeners today have said the Tigers clocked off. It was embarrassing for the club, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. I think the whole day, Ray, Super Saturday. I've named it Slaughter Saturday. Um, um, you know, the Sharks beat Manly 40-6. to six. The Eels beat the Bulldogs 42-6 before the um, humiliation at, at the SDG. don't know about you guys, dogs, but it does raise questions with me about is there enough quality to fill 17 teams next year when you think about, you know, you've got to sit back and watch. We're going to see competitive football. We're not over. I'm really concerned about it. Yeah, I am too, Buzz. I think you're spot on. I think in this situation, though, I think teams are just clocked off who can't make the finals. Buzz, that's more down to a lack of professionalism, perhaps, rather than a lack of uh, depth yeah. in the playing pool. Yeah. Look, I'll tell you what I'm dirty on, and I, I reckon West Tigers fans who pay to go to Leichhardt, Campbelltown, uh, wherever they play, buy their memberships, buy their jerseys, buy their scarves. In my view, the West Tigers gave up on their season. They they gave up. They let Luciana Leilua go. They let David Nofaluma go. To a lesser extent, they let Oliver Gildart go. Then watching score five tries in New South Wales Cup in his very first week at the Roosters. And that was a sign to me that they gave up on their year. They, they really did. Um I know Tim Sheen looks at it that it's short-term pain that will leave the salary cap and allow them to do more with their money next year. But could you imagine a corporation or a small business that's doing it tough, sort of shutting the doors for a few months and saying, oh, it's all sweet, we'll come back next year? No, I would it. have felt sick if I was a West Tigers fan watching both Leilu and Nofaluma score tries for Cowboys and Storm and celebrating with their new teammates. They're West Tigers players. Mm. That club has a responsibility to put their best 17 players on the park each and every week of the season. They're already without Luke Brooks and Jackson Hastings, sideline for the year. And it was the most shocking capitulation there last night. And take nothing away from the Roosters. 
they've told the league they they made a statement last night that they can win the comp from outside the top four. They are a wonderful football side. But I'm writing in the column tomorrow that there should be an asterisk in the history books that that Roosters win the biggest of all time wasn't against a full strength. You know, on paper it was a reserve grade side at least. And um, do you agree with all this, Dog? Yeah, a hundred percent, mate. They they just put their cue in the rack, the West Tigers. It's not up to NRL standard. It's not what the club expects. It's not what the sponsors would expect. Fans. It's not what fans. the fans expect. You want people to sponsor the club and be members of the club, but why would you want to get involved? Why would you want to get involved? Buzz, I do want to ask you, though, you've written a very emotional and sensitive story today about Paul Green. I, I know it did yeah. affect you writing it. Um, yeah. Just run us through the story and how you feel about what you wrote. Um, it's, a, it's been a really emotional few days, Doug, to be perfectly honest. I'm friends with Craig Knuckles Greenhill and I uh, I checked in with him last week just to, to see how he was coping because he was closer to Paul Green than anyone else and he actually sent me a text and said, look, he's ready to talk. You know, he, it'd been probably 10 days since Greeny's tragic passing and but we spoke about a number of issues in, including mental health and Knuckles revealed that um, Paul had told him of, that he had dark thoughts not long after his retirement that had been there for quite some time. And and a lot of people have been left wondering whether they actually did enough and convinced him, you know, to, 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 to probably treat it more professionally and get more help. And it was a really, really difficult one to write, but I think it was a really, really important one. And I've spoken to... Craig Greenhill again this morning before I made I came on air just to check he's okay and I think he agrees that by telling this story and telling it so graphically and honestly and openly that there is a message there for all of us mm. that it's you know when when you got a mate who is struggling like that is is there more you can do and um, yeah Greeny had his moments, but he, he was also able to camouflage this and, and win his competitive and win pre, win at that premiership. He uh, yeah made it, it. It was a really difficult story, and I felt even more for the family and their friends who have not have lost a great man and and the, the kids and wife that have been left behind. Um. Yeah, dog. It was it was a hard one to write. But you did a great job, Buzz. Yeah. Oh, I think it was an important one, dog. It, it wasn't all about um, mental health. Um, there was the happier times, and the, you know there were a couple of they were mischievous couple of boys. You know when they were a bit younger at Cronulla and playing Origin and overseas trips and those sort of things. But he was very critical of him losing his job at the Cowboys, losing his job at the Storm, and how he described rugby league as a business that just spat him out. And I think that's the really important thing we've got to learn from this, that just to take a bit more care of people in and around the game in situations like this. And it's, it's a message. I, I think it's a really important message, right? Yeah, it's a message not just in rugby league, but it goes across all society, Buzz, and I think that's it's it's a message that yeah. has to be told. 
Buzz, I'll change the mood a little and I'll just say two words and I want you to comment. Aidan Tippett. Sorry, Ray, the line just dropped. I missed that. Okay, I just want to change the mood a little. You've written about a young fellow called Aidan Tippett and this is heartwarming. I'll let you say the story, Buzz. Yeah, um, what a special young fellow mm. Aidan is. He's 11 years of age, Ray, and he... Um, Ran the city of the surf last week, and he was first across the line in all the under twelves in the um, in the run. Uh, but he didn't do it for any other reason. Obviously, there's a lot of self pride involved and a lot of training involved. But this 11 year old wanted to raise money for medical research following the death of the young fellow Rio James Fowler, mm. and there's a Rio's legacy. Uh, website uh, where anyone can donate, rioslegacy.org.au, uh, a young kid who uh, passed away far too soon. Uh, and, um, yeah, they're good stories, mate, when uh, you, you see, you know, young people doing, you know, great mm. charity like this. And they're, they're much nicer stories to write about, I can no, assure you. No, on your bus, yeah. I enjoyed your piece in your What's the Buzz column. In the Sunday Telegraph, headline says, Stop this fight. Judges <laughs> calls for gallon double header to yeah. be banned. Just run us through your story. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. Charlie Lucas has been a referee and a judge of world title fights around the world for 45 years. He phoned me on Friday night and said he didn't think the fight should be going ahead. And he said, all you guys that are writing, this is the first time someone has fought two men in one night is not exactly right. And he told some fantastic old stories. Back in the 30s and 40s, there was Leichhardt Stadium. It was near Parramatta Road, and there was Sydney Stadium at Rushcutters Bay. And on a Friday night, a boxer would turn up, have an early fight at Leichhardt, jump in his car, and then head across to Rushcutters Bay to make a quick buck. You like the old Jimmy Sharman uh, boxing yeah, chance, Ray. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, buzz. yeah, but anyway, that, that was outlawed. So, look, he's really critical of this fight going ahead. And the use of the word, the Edgar Brick, will hit the fan if anyone gets hurt. He says it's not boxing. Um, and he thinks the combat sports authorities should not have allowed it to happen. Look, this isn't a fight. Uh, I've been critical of it. It, it, it. It's really not a fight. It's entertainment. And look, I spoke to Matt Rose about it last night. Here's the view that we've got to, for the sport to grow and for people to watch the Harry Gar sides of this world who are on the card, you, you've, you've got to make the whole night entertaining. It's a bit like how cricket changed mm. and we don't no longer just see our great players in creams. They now play under floodlights. They've got flashing bales and there's coloured clothing and things are different. But look, as a boxing purist, I don't particularly like what's going on. See footballers um, getting a quick quid out of a show like this one. It's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a bit of a gimmick, isn't it? And, and I, as you said, Buzz, you hope no one actually gets seriously hurt in this gets because hurt, yeah. then it was massive dramas. Hey, Buzz, a couple of games to complete this weekend's round, and I'd really like to talk to you about particularly the Newcastle-Canberra game at 4.05pm. It's all or nothing for the Raiders, Buzz. Yeah, it is um, all or nothing for the Raiders and the door's been left open for them if they can win their last three games despite the fact that uh, for and against is very much against them. But 
Ricky Stewart has some primed. He's back in the coaching box, and uh, I would suggest they'll be far too strong for a really disappointing Newcastle night side there um, this afternoon at the McDonald Jones Stadium. Buzz, if the Raiders are to make it, which of those teams above them will miss out on the eight, do you think? Can you stop asking tough questions? <laughs> um, well, I guess the Broncos are vulnerable mm. now. Um, they've, they've got only a 21-plus for and against. But they'd have to lose their last two games, and the Raiders would have to win two of their last three. Yeah. So I think that's the most likely scenario. I think the Rabbitohs and Roosters and definitely the Eels will hang on. So... I think the Broncos is their only hope. Yeah, and Buzz, Guys, I thought you were going to start this tipping part of the um, exercise by congratulating me on my Titan selection last actually, week. Actually, very good, big odds. Good point, Dino. Buzz did stick his neck out last week. Got it wrong. Dean, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to applaud, but can we condemn when you get the other 50 wrong <laughs> in the year or not? <laughs> Can't have it both ways. Dog, I exclusively revealed the Titans would win a very big odds with our friends on the TAB, okay? You're like certain you journalists who get 25 stories wrong, but the one they get right, they yeah. say, well, I told you so. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> you know what? I'll tip them again today. Against so the Dragons? I... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well... I think the Dragons are done, Ray. Well, they are done. Yeah, they're Mathematically, done. everything they're done. What are, how many points are they on? 20, 20 yeah, they're finished. They can't make it. And, um, I tre- hope, treading I water. hope they don't play like the other sides that have done did yesterday and, and I hope they put on a good performance at home and You'd think there's a bit of pride in the Red V jumper wouldn't you Buzz? Yeah that's what you want mate, that's what you want. I, I spoke to Anthony Griffin last week, he's doing a bit tough actually, he doesn't have COVID, he had a horrible horrible head cold when I spoke to him and mm. he wants to finish the year you know, bright and strong and start a, a big rebuild in the off season but look I think the Titans Grabbed them there this afternoon. Well, just for Buzz, the Dragons were dollar fifty-three head to head. The Titans are two dollars fifty, so it's good value in a two-horse race. The Knights are four dollars ten. The Raiders, to be fair, a dollar twenty-four. About right, Buzz. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. mate. I, I think um, I, I think uh, the Titans will win. Um, and as I said, I think the Raiders have got so much to play for. Yeah. Newcastle's been a tumultuous week, another tumultuous week, and. I think they're accusing the rack for the year. I really do. You hope they play, as you said, for their jumper and for their fans and uh, today the Knights and put on a good showing. Hey, Buzz, as always, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and we'll talk next week. Yeah, thank you, guys.